0: listen to this podcast not only is there information for moms on how to talk to your children about racism why this conversation needs to stay in the forefront of all of our conversations it's not the time to get tired but michelle and melissa their story is so remarkable and amazing and they are just two real women trying to make changes and honestly we love what they're doing listen to our podcast um i hope you enjoyed as much as we enjoyed doing it
3: we have all been taught a whitewashed version of history. We, we've been taught that Black history is like this little thing that you contain into uh, Black History Month when Black history is American history. America was built on the backs of enslaved Africans.
4: Welcome, Welcome to the, the new series Cocktails and Conversation with Cat and Nat.
0: And we've decided to bring you all of these conversations with people that we like to have where there's a little bit of wisdom, always hilarity and hilaria. Yes, some famous, some just cool, some drink, some don't drink, but there's always a conversation. Cheers, join
4: us. <laughs> For all of you guys listening, just so you know, um, Michelle and Melissa have been so kind to come back and do this. We recorded this podcast a while ago and it expired and we lost it. So they've been so kind to come back and do this again. This, this, uh, what they're doing is so important that we didn't want to lose it. But um, these two women are Michelle and Melissa and they have a 20 year age difference but they've built a friendship and they've also created a project called from privilege to progress to bridge segregated social media networks the aim is to get white people to share the experiences of, of people of color so the like you know the most interesting thing ever was to hear how you two ever got connected and how you met and listening to i loved hearing both of your perspectives but um Uh, my my question
0: back like for the children which would be back to your monday nights is 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 philly like the the segregation between um black and white is is that mostly the population in in Philly, like I know in, in Canada, we have, you know, um, like a, a plethora of different multicultural races yeah. and you would never just see a, a neighborhood of all black people or, you know, you'd see a really? neighborhood of mostly white people. Yeah. I would say we have a uh, huge diversities within neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't just say you would walk in to a school and see only black people. You would always see Asian uh filipino you would see um muslim like you would see you would see a ton of diversity depending in, on the neighborhood in, in the bigger na- cities yeah. i'm sure if we went to out west and alberta it would right. be but not the segregation isn't black and white i would say it's it's different in terms of levels of oppression white mm-hmm. people having the highest access to internet you know all of those right things. Right, right, right in philly is it is it mostly is it quite segre- is it quite
3: it, it, it's different in the U.S. And, and for a lot of reasons, but I'll, I'll answer that in two ways. The first way is that Philadelphia is a very diverse city. In fact, Philadelphia as a whole is only 37% white. So it's a really diverse city. However, like, for example, my neighborhood where, where I live, where the Starbucks is, is 74% white.
4: Right.
3: So that's, and in North Philly, it's like, I would say it's all it's all black in most of North Philly, and you know the the reason in the U.S. There's so many reasons in the U.S. that that happens in major cities, and a big it 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 literally is from the legacy of slavery because after slavery, then there were all kinds of um, systematic things that were put in place to segregate the black population. Right. So even after, you know, there was a thing called redlining where they, it was a government, government run thing where they put a, would put a red line around the map uh, around the neighborhood on a map. And that was like the least desirable neighborhood. It's where all the black people live. And therefore, you know, you, you, your property values were lower, you know, you couldn't, you know, people, you know, black Americans couldn't get loans. There were all kinds of programs for white Americans throughout the years to be able to have home ownership. So it it was very, every step of the way was really intentional. And we are left with uh, a country that is highly segregated down to the fact that if you go into the cafeteria in my kid's school, which is like a really progressive school, the one, you know, the, the, all the black kids are at one table.
0: There was a, did you see the recent, so I, I as the people who are listening to this, um, Melissa and Michelle, I think you should tell the story, but you guys, this, this, you say the Starbucks yeah. and that's the Starbucks that, where, that where you guys actually created this whole um, yes. movement and this whole, this whole mission that you guys are trying to do. So do you want to, um, do you, do you want to ex- tell them what that was and why, how this all started? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, um. So back in, um, the spring of 2018, um, I was, um, walking by the Starbucks in my neighborhood and I stopped in and I sat down and, um, a few minutes after I sat down, um, these two young black men came in, they, um, they asked the barista if they could use, um, if they could have the code to the bathroom. Cause we have codes on our bathrooms and she said, well, it's only for paying customers. And they were like, "Okay." And they sat down. They were waiting for someone because you know we walk into a Starbucks and we're like, "Okay, I'm going to wait to order until you know my friend gets here, whatever." Um, so they just sat down, and um, within like two minutes of the time they sat down, she called nine one one, and she was like, "Like literally, you can hear the nine one one call." She's like, "There are two gentlemen in my cafe, and they're refusing to leave." And, um, the police come out, um, there's two, four, six, eight police officers to come and they arrest these guys for absolutely nothing. And I was sitting there watching the whole thing, just like, what the heck is going on? And Michelle, who I didn't know, stood up like next to me and was like, you know, what did they do? And you can see, you can hear her on the video. The video was, um, we took the video. I shared it on Twitter that day. It went, and I didn't have a big, tw- I mean, I had like 300 followers or something. I it, it like was like a fluke that it went, you know, it wasn't a fluke. There were a lot of reasons. We'll talk about that. But, um, but it went viral. It had 13 million views in like the first, you know, 36 hours. It was like an international news story. And it was like literally the first, one of these um stories that made it to mainstream media about how white people call the police you basically use the police as their personal ballet call their call their call police on 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 black people for like just living their lives like you know like sleeping in a dorm or moving into their apartment and it, it just like happens all the time and one of the significant things about that is that you know Policing in our country is 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 <laughs> policing in our country started as slave patrol. It has a long legacy of
4: protecting
3: white people and targeting and brutalizing black people, and highly disproportionate um, the way that 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 black and other and other people of color are treated by police officers violently killed by police, targeted in ways, um, profiled, pulled over just because of the color of their skin. Yeah. So, so yeah, they, that's, that's often what leads to the, these horrible, tragic situations. Plus the fact that these two guys were just there for, to, to
0: have a business meeting. So right. she stood up and said something mm-hmm. and you were filming it and you tried to say something to or you were just filming it. And then you were like, I need to find her.
3: Yeah, we, we, well, I, once she, once she started saying something, I started saying something too. And then we all walked out and I was like, someone needs to put this on social media. And I put it on social media. I don't know. I was just like kind of in shock over the whole thing. And then we, um, we all left. And I started getting like a massive amount of media attention. People were like, you know, like, will you talk to us about racism? And I'm like me, I'm like a middle-aged white mom. Like, well, how am I going to talk about racism? I never experienced it. I don't live it. But you know, what I learned is, um, you know, if you're black in America, you're talking about this constantly on social media and real life, etc. but white people aren't listening. They don't believe you. They're not paying attention. So when someone like me says it, people are like, what, what there's racism right so um the story became in certain ways more about less about the fact that they were arrested and more about the fact that a white person was saying something about racism yep yeah
0: it was which it was a huge problem within itself right like which is the huge. bigger which is
3: huge um
0: yeah. and then michelle you You, you had to, Melissa, you had to go hunt for Michelle because you knew that she was the one who had the story and you were the one who were like, she deserves to be the one who is like, you were doing what you're doing without even knowing that that's what you wanted to do, which is so interesting. How did you find her? I did. Well, so when
3: we were standing outside that day, um, a couple of us exchanged numbers, but like he and I had an exchange numbers I don't know why it was just chaos out there you know they were putting the Dante and Rashan in the police car and we were arguing with the police and all it was crazy so I was like after I started getting all this media attention I was like I don't even know like I just couldn't get my head around the fact that like people wanted to know what I thought because I don't I didn't think anything I was like this is this is wrong. Yeah, And um, so I was like, I have to find that girl who was the one who spoke up. Who's the one who's like, like she's the one who brought attention to it. She's the one who confronted the barista and she's the one who got my attention. So I texted somebody who texted somebody who texted somebody. And then finally, like through some chain, I, I found her and we, we got together, we met up and it was like, Like I don't know, she always says it's like we we saw each other, we can't come came with pen and paper. Okay, we're 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 ready to do something. We started a conversation and now we can't let that conversation fade away because people are talking when I say people, I mean white people are talking finally.
0: I I so that that was 2018, right? And there was like obviously mm-hmm. a conversation and movement around it, around that. Then 2020 hits, and then there's George Floyd, and then another movement around it. And I feel mm-hmm. like we're going back to it being quiet again. Like it's oh. like it's like
4: oh, Michelle. Hi. Hi. If it's
5: not on my calendar, I feel like it's not, I don't, I don't see it. Oh, we, we're the same. Don't worry. We've done lots
0: without you, but we're glad you're here because we were (laughs) just about to get into the conversation of, we just finished your 2018 story and then we just brought up the 2020 kind of started off with like a huge movement, people protesting and marching. And now we've gone back to it being, being quiet again or less prominent in the news and everywhere. How are we, how are we, how, what do we need to do to make sure this doesn't stop? I don't know. You know, I actually woke
5: up thinking about it, which is, (laughs) which is uh, uh, somewhat disturbing. I guess you would say that I woke up thinking about the fact that I had to post a video on my personal Instagram just to tell people, that you shouldn't just be following us just when we talk about racism. Like I, it, it's, you know, it, it seemed like a some people were saying, Oh, it seems like such an obvious concept, but it it, it 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 felt like when we're not talking about the our our pain and the tragedy and our terrible stories, people lose interest. And it makes me wonder, it was making me wonder like deep questions about like the human psychology and why we're so wired to be attracted to pain and tragedy mm-hmm. and look at terrible things and look at awful things. But will we only care when we see something really super awful again? People don't exactly.
0: seem to care unless something is really like disgusting and tragic. It's like, it, you know, as a, as a white um, influencer, you know, I, I am, I am, I'm trying to make sure that we're following lifestyle bloggers because who are moms, you know, in our demographic, that that are that are in like us in terms of you know like where we are at in this stage of life, which is mothers and, and children, and you know, not just people who are on an anti-racism platform. So that you know, when my kids grab my phone and they scroll through our feed, they see that there's lots of different you know it's not just a movement but it's people that are reflective in your in your circle you know and and on your phone and I think that with virtual and people not being out in the community this is such a what you're saying oh she left but Michelle what you're saying She's is back. such a powerful thing that like you're people that you're not a movement you're all people and if we connect as people rather than just you you as people educating white people to serve us to, to, to educate us maybe that's Part of this huge problem is that you know they're like, well, you're not really serving me anymore. What I want because I want right. to look like a good white person who follows what everybody's doing. So you're right. not like me, so I'm out of here. Rather, and we we reshared your video because I was like, oh, thank yeah. You. Oh God, don't thank me. Of course, it, it needs to be said and heard. And I think that you stated the obvious. For people who maybe you they need to check themselves on what they're doing because I think you're bringing an awareness to people that they're not even sure they're checking out because it's not every day in their faces because white people have the privilege to not think about it and so if they they feel like they've read a book and they're educated they're like well I'm good now where you're like no that's not what this is about right it is a, did I sum that up in a way I yeah, totally to be honest I think I think the other part
5: is. Um... I don't want to get political, but I, I, I have to say this, mm-hmm. um, you know, yesterday I became friends with one of a, one of our, our, uh, prospective clients and, a, a young white girl. And she texted me yesterday and she said, I am no longer allowed to work for equity at my job. Are you, are you hiring? Because here in America at the federal level, Trump has banned anti-racism
3: training
4: banned any 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 government
3: entity any public yeah yep. so melissa he said un-american
5: un-american propaganda which is
4: exactly the opposite of what is happening correct
3: this is is, honestly i would michelle i was the same way this morning like the the the, i mean this is like seriously fascism like i i like it's 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 crazy it's so of, crazy. We, we are
5: not allowed to walk into a federal company and do our speaking engagements.
0: Wait, I am like, I am so you know, I'm so flabberg. So in schools, hold on one second. There's, I, I just moved in a house, and I'm just doing a podcast. Say hey, sorry. Um, uh, so in schools, would they be allowed to have equity advisors and like a student council where they could have like these conversations of, of, of how they're helping students have a voice within maybe a marginalized school or like, is that now
4: banned? I, is that I,
3: I, yeah, I would say that the, what he has done is um, say that anybody who receives federal funding, he signs some proclamation or something that to, to root out anybody who's the, who they're hiring from the outside who do these kinds of anti-racism trainings so would I say that like I don't know what the exact logistics are, but um, I mean if it's a public school and it's receiving federal funding, I mean I don't know how that's that's flowing down. And you know we have forty eight or forty seven days till the election, and I'm just obsessing over young people voting. Like to me, like you, we are so baked in in this country right now. Um, with our views, that the only to me the only thing that's going to make anything change is if we get if we get all the young people out, like the eighteen to twenty four year olds. That's that's it. They need to they need to you know like I said to my son, my twenty year old son. I'm like, are your friends? You know, he's voting, but I'm like, are your friends voting? He's like, oh well. I don't know, they're not really into politics. I'm like, this is beyond politics.
0: (laughs) I I have a question for you. Do do they know how to vote? Like, do the, do people know actually how to vote there? Like, uh, is it, is it a process of teaching them or like, do they know where to go and stuff? I think that they like. I I think that he hears a lot from
3: me. He sees things on social media from like influencers, like you know uh, musicians and actors and things like that. There are tons and tons of organizations that are running like huge campaigns. Corporations are running huge campaigns about voting. So, so
4: there is information over out there.
0: Thousand people who listen to this with children and with you yeah. know how. We're Canadian, so I don't know. So they they can find a website to go vote and they can go in, you know. Yeah, they
3: can go to our page. We have some some things on our page. You can go to, um, I think that it's called Vote Save America. That is one you can go to. Um, The other one is like, just go to Barack Obama's page. He's, (laughs) that's one. You can go to When We All Vote, which is a program that is run by Michelle Obama there, you, can go, you know who else? If you like Ariana Grande, she posts every day about... No. EBay. Oh, okay. good
1: stuff. Oh. You know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass.
6: luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns
2: as moms we are often juggling a million and one things with our kids going in a million different directions And taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me-time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Get it off your chest with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash cat and Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash cat and Nat.
0: Guys, we um I feel like so much has changed since the last time we spoke because last time we spoke, it was like, you know, still very um prevalent in the news and on social media. So for the people who are You know, at home listening, and have the privilege of being white, and can sit there and check out. Like, how can I know you're about amplifying um, content and other people's voices, specifically Black people's voices? How do we continue to do this in a way to bring these conversations to light and and not let it be a trend and not let it, you know, slip off off our pages? And do you have any advice for that?
5: I think you just keep going keep doing whatever you had been doing two months ago, keep doing the same exact thing.
0: Which would be sharing, reading, following people who don't look necessarily like you, who have different stories, who have different backgrounds, right? Like up
3: Right where you are. I mean, yep. the, the, we say three things. We try to make it easy for people. We, we say, learn, um, so there's so much we don't know about our history in America. We, are, we have all been taught a whitewashed version of history. We, we've been taught that Black history is like this little thing that you contain into uh, Black History Month when Black history is American history. America was built on the backs of enslaved Africans. I mean, and, and the, the, that legacy continues today in every single system in our society, and until you understand that, you can't really understand the country in which you're living and how you um, enable the continued um, racism that, that's happening. So, So there's so much to learn. And, you know, I'm not saying like spend 24 hours a day reading. I'm just saying integrate it into your life.
0: Yeah, yeah, You're no, I think the that people thing, talk right? to, they went on a pendulum and then they yes. were like, oh, this is so exhausting. Like life, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, we posted the breast, it was um, Black Breastfeeding Week Aware, mm-hmm. Awareness Week and we posted a photo be, because with all the history of why it's really important to like honor Black women who breastfeed just because of wet nurses, the whole history, right? Which I didn't learn about until recent, like probably like six months ago, right? So I posted it and the backlash the insane backlash from women being like you know even from a family member she was like why would you you know all women have this issue and barriers and I'm like did did anyone read the whole post or did you just see the photo of
4: breastfeeding
0: breastfeeding and and black women I'm like what is evoking so much anger with, with why is there so much anger being evoked in this and you know, we got one message from someone who said, I started off like mad. Then I read and I was like, huh. And then I finished the post and I felt sad that I didn't know, you know, so mm-hmm. people, yeah. people went through the range of emotions because I think breastfeeding, you think is, it's hard for everybody universally in, in some way. For some, it's really easy, <clears throat> but for a lot, it's not. And they're like, why do they, why do they get a week? And I'm like, they, they, they should have. They should actually. I, I actually got in a fight with with someone very close to me, and I was like, "Historically, this is this you are you are being. This is a racist comment right here. What you are doing right now is a. This is why this is problematic. And you don't you think you're personalizing a, a racist issue? A historic. I did not tag you. I did not call you. I right. did not say this is you, you found that. And that's the only thing you decided to call me out on. You know, why would you have to post that? And I was like, why would I not post that? You know, it was so interesting to me that, you know, people find that they can, that there's a line in racism, right? And Mm -hmm. that was too Mm -hmm. far. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how is that too far? And when we're having these conversations with people and it's people who are close to you, what's the balance between keeping them close and you know and reminding them like trying to teach them and convert them like, and, and our children how do you convert these people or teach mm-hmm. them? like what I'm just like I'm like how do you not see this I I,
3: I think one of the things is that at, at white people um and, and this is the whole concept behind white fragility is that white people um equate racism like it's a it becomes a binary a good bad binary like if i have racist thoughts or ideas i'm a bad person and so they personalize it that way and then what happens is we get triggered with all these emotions with defensiveness it's shame it's guilt it's it's all those emotions so i think that when you when you understand and remember that um how this information is perceived when you're white in America and you've, or when you're white anywhere and you're grown up believing one thing or consciously or unconsciously. So if you're talking to someone and you understand that that's the reaction they're having, that's why they're having the reaction, then that can right. uh, change the way you approach it mm-hmm. and say, you know, you can say, you know, that person who's defensive, that, that essentially was the all lives matter argument. Which yeah. is basically,
0: I said that by the way, right? Exactly, yeah. I, w- I said that. Like, because yeah. all breastfeeding matters. I'm like, you are basically that person. You are that person. You're that person. You are S O S. Just so you know.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so
3: then you can talk about why all lives matter isn't a logical conclusion from that. You know, there's there's plenty of analogies you can you can do. You know, like all houses matter, but that house is on fire, Mm -hmm. right? So right now we're paying attention to the house that's on fire. We understand that other people have that issue, but that one needs our attention
0: Mm -hmm.
3: in a particular way. So yeah, when you understand where that defensiveness comes from, then you can start to work against it. And I, I don't, there's certain people I never, I'm never going to give up on, you know, family members or, you know, particularly I guess family members. But, you know, we always say like, there's other people that were like, you know what? There are enough people who are open enough to listen and learn and, and be able to change their perspective that I'm not going to deal with you right now. I'm going to spend my energy on someone like Brene Brown says, like, if you're in the arena with me, then I'm going to give you my attention you're not even in the arena I'm not going to deal with you Mm -hmm. so I don't
5: know you have to set I I, I would say set a set a healthy compassionate boundary and you say you know what I am I feel really strongly about this we do not have the same views um uh if you say any more racist things I'm just going to have to exit the conversation I want to keep a relationship with you but I don't I don't I don't want to go there with you and you can Got see, on, you have a relationship with them. And I think in their mind, they're like, oh, well, she's not going to argue with me. She's not going to, she's not going to engage with me in this conversation. And I think maybe eventually in a compassionate way, it can maybe make
0: them ponder, make them think, make them wonder. Make them I, I, yeah, I think I it actually, this. I think when you point out the defensiveness is actually, and it's not about you. this actually conversation is not about you. Like this was not about you you made a racist topic about you and that in itself is, is racism. Um, and I think just, I tried to do it diplomatically, but I was pissed. You know, I was just like, yes. Um, but I think it did maybe make them think, I hope it made them think. And I think that if you have a child at home um, who you have going to school, I think we need to teach them how to use their words to include, People And how we can help them to, um, you know, make sure that it's that the the playing field is is inclusive rather than segregating. There was a a kindergarten picture that just went viral. I don't know if you guys saw it. It's at a table. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a table and uh, it's white kids at one table and black kids at another table in kindergarten. And they're clearly segregated, and that young of an age, I don't, I don't know kids who would clear. They, they, they're usually told where to sit, and it's during COVID, and they all have their masks on, and the the school uploaded the video, the photo, and it, people were like, "This is not okay." Thank goodness, I believe it was. an I've got to find it, but, um, yeah, and and thank gosh people spoke up against that photo. You know, and we're like, "No, not in a classroom. Don't do this." But as parents, we need to always be on. You know, we talk about voting, and you guys say get out and vote. And I think I think we have uh, as as parents, we have a huge opportunity with children right now. We have a huge opportunity to teach them, give them language, and show them images and and things where things aren't fair. You know, and mm-hmm. they they have a very under they don't understand unfairness. Like they cannot get over George Floyd. They're like, but what? But what? I thought police mm-hmm. were good. But why? You know, and history to teach history to a five year old is like, you know. So you have to bring it down to bite size. But for for moms who are sitting there being like, okay, I it might not impact me because I'm in a small town and I don't have the I don't face these issues. Let's just say, what can we do to help our children? Do you guys have any advice for that of how we can teach the next generation these conversations and and bring it to the table, literally the dinner table, so we can actually help them open their eyes so we don't recreate this again and again and again?
3: Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'll, I'll mention the idea that, um, you know, when you say like children are like can't get their head around that, what's interesting is that it, at least at least here in America that it's white it's white children because yes. because black children grow up with their parents having to give them the talk, right? The talk about like, this is what you do. If you see a police officer, you know, hands up and you you, say, you know, state your name and all that kind of stuff. Don't wear your hood, don't uh, put your yes. hands in your pockets. They grow up from a very early age, understanding that they, that they they have to do things to keep themselves safe from the people who are supposed to keep them safe. But that's not the way policing is in in, in this country. So um, so I, I mean, I think that that talk needs to happen in all families. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like I never had that talk with my children. I never even, it never even crossed my mind because to me, I grew up believing that police were there to to protect me. and whenever I would see a police officer, I would feel safer. Which is the exact opposite of of a black child. So, and I didn't even know that. So, you know, there are a lot of adults who don't know that. There are a lot of, um, so there certainly are a lot of kids that that don't know that. So, you know, with your kids, you know, you, you should be having, you should be talking about race in your in your house. You should make sure that the books you you have in the children's books you have in your house are, are diverse and not just about racism, as like Michelle said, about you know, like humanizing people of all races, you know, like, you know, you like Michelle likes, you know, music and you like, you know, um, health food and whatever, like, like real human beings that you don't just say, okay, we're only going to talk about, um, people of color when we're talking about racism
0: yeah and we're not just going to celebrate them for being athletes and singers right we're gotcha. going to celebrate them for doing being Doc, michelle you were going to say something um this is
5: it's a resource i always give every single parent it's called embrace race embrace and they're um, an interracial couple who specifically help teachers and parents talk to the kids about race so check them out EmbraceRace.org. they are I I still go to their pages because it helps me (laughs) and I'm an adult. So it really helps you learn how to have these conversations with children and what they're going through and how you can help children have a, have a healthy identity with their race, um, all children. And it is a fantastic, fantastic resource. They have doctors on there. They have psychologists come on there. They are incredibly, um, progressive,
0: incredibly progressive beautiful me and it just talks about all the different ways people look and how to embrace like it's the character is a uh, black girl with curly hair and she's like I don't like I like I like myself because I have kinky hair and then it talks about you know just the way different people look and indigo our our book our major bookstore right now when you walk up to the kids section it is all books of um of people of different colors and looks and it's not even about race but it's about literally just different authors who have written books so when in doubt go there and um, they're like it's literally their feature wall of kids books so um if you're in canada go check that out because it's amazing and if you are at home and um On social media, there's so many things you can do, like share other people's content that don't necessarily look like you, like people's posts that don't necessarily look like you. Follow people because you're interested in, you know, maybe they're chefs, maybe they're, you know, mom bloggers, maybe they're fashionistas, maybe they are interior designers, but you can always find people who look different than you, uh, who are in the same space of what you're interested in, not just white people do interior design, you know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. lots
4: of different things you can find. And to find out more about what you guys are doing, where can people find you?
3: Yes. So, so they can find us on um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Prague, P-R-I-V-T-O-P-R-O-G. And, you know, join us. We, every Monday, we talked about this a little earlier, every Monday night, we answer questions live. We always have more questions than we can answer. Um, we share content every single day. We're learning with you, so whenever we're sharing something, it's something new that we're learning also. Um, and um, and we also do a lot of speaking at corporations and organizations and events and things like that. We had an amazing session yesterday with the National Weather Association, which was so oh. cool. I didn't realize until after where I saw on Twitter that like all these meteorologists were like sharing our content, and I was like, yes. So that was a what nice you about
0: at those places. Like if there's someone listening in a corporation, like what do you guys, what do you, what do you discuss?
3: So we tell, we, we tell the story about how we, the day we met and um, it's so impactful because you hear the story from Michelle's perspective and, um, and every time she tells it, I just like, I just like, Oh, like it's, it's, um, she does it in a, in a way that is so vulnerable and open and real. And it's just, it's just a regular human talking to another regular human and telling the story. And then um, we we'll talk about what we learned. So we talk for about 25 minutes or so about what we learned after that and the work that we're doing. And then we lead the, usually the engagements are 90 minutes. And then we lead a large group discussion where people ask questions and um, It's open. It's You see the movement happen. It's it's unbelievable. We had so many questions yesterday. And the way that people will open up and ask questions and share their experiences in front of their supervisors and then the people who report to them and all of their colleagues, it just really gets the conversation going in a way that is... um, so impactful and inspiring, and it, and it, it makes us feel hopeful. Would
0: Everything. you guys do schools if a school was to yeah. hire you?
3: Yeah, we, we we work with schools too. We work with
0: schools. Oh I'm we gonna pass your information on to um yeah. some of schools here because I feel like this is a conversation that um is happening slowly in Canada. We do have the an uh, Indigenous um history that is atrocious and horrific. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't know about it, and it literally is terrible and i mean there was a time that they didn't even have access to clean water in the Mm. 2000s so you know it it is there's major movements but i i want to share i love what that love that that workshop and i Mm. and kids i bet kids would be the like you know they'd be Mm -hmm. like great they would just be like oh my i want to ask everything wrap it up because you guys have been amazing to us so um
3: uh yeah, so so follow us on social media, bring us to your organization or corporation or your school. And um we the main thing is is just don't let the conversation die out just because the news there's nothing in the news. Don't wait for the next
4: horrible person
3: thing. to be harmed. Just don't. I mean
0: I feel like maybe the podcast got lost for a reason because now this will be re you yeah. know what i mean like everything yeah. happens for a reason and i'm so glad this con- because it's a different conversation than what it was and mm-hmm. i'm kind of thankful for that because now it's about wh- where we at are really at right now and we need to keep going so thank you yeah. so- Thank you guys. Thank so you thank you back. for coming back and really any way we can share help, I will continue to pass on your information. Cause I, I love what you guys are doing and we're so appreciative to have you in our lives and thank you for, for doing what you do.
3: We feel the same way because we, like, this, I mean, the last conversation was fabulous and this one is too, and you all are really showing up. So we appreciate it and you are using your platform, using your privilege for progress. As we say, you absolutely are the model for everyone so we appreciate wow. it
0: we will we always try to do more and if we ever waver kick us in the ass not that it's your job but <laughs> we're we uh, we like yes so thank you for for being you guys and we appreciate it so much
3: thank you thank you
0: bye guys bye